podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show Euro 2020. This is episode number 14. It is the final episode in the series. The Euros are over officially. And what a tournament, what an emotional roller coaster of uh, a few weeks. So much has gone on from the group stages all the way up till half 10, 11 o'clock last night. It was uh, just stuff you couldn't take your eyes off. Uh, but we've got lots to talk about. Uh, we are, of course, live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, as usual, home to many great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please give us a follow on social media. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications. And uh, the audio versions are all your favourite podcast and radio platforms. Just follow Ace Podcast Nation uh, for the time being. And there's over 460 shows on a variety of subjects. And, uh, of course, a big thank you goes out to uh, Black Diamond Sports for all their support around uh, the series, the channel, everything in between. They're a global sports agency which represents sports stars from around the world. Uh, for more information, you can visit their social media pages as well as their website, the links to which are in the description below. Uh, of course, today's sponsor, as ever, Bespoke Financial, and uh, particularly Darren Ralston of Bespoke 
bespoke, bespoke financial. He's given away a free will with £140 cash with any new policy which is taken out. All you've got to do, give him a call, check out what is an incredible offer, tell him that we sent you, and where you go is that if you take out a service which they offer, you get £140 cash. What is not to like? But, of course, joining me as ever, first and foremost, I have via satellite still is my buddy, co-host, the goal collector, former England under-21 striker, Cardiff and Middlesbrough hero, Mr Andy Campbell. How are you, my friend? Evening. Um, I'm a little bit more calm than I was about this time yesterday. Um, I'm still a little bit down, a little bit gutted, like probably every well, every England English person should be. Super proud of what happened. Yeah, looking forward to talking about it, to be honest. Yes, so I think there's plenty to say. I think, um, as usual, me and you disagree already on a couple of things, but that's what makes it fun, um, is the uh, the opinions and the views of uh, us and the people. But, of course, joining us for the final time, at least for the time being, is uh, ex-Salford City winger, Mr. Rodri Giggs. Welcome, buddy. How are you? Yeah, pal, you all right? Yes, mate, yes. Nice. I'm really glad to have had you join us over the last uh, last couple of weeks. It's been good stuff, and I know... The people have been really enjoyed listening to uh, to your views on everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start differently today. Instead of throwing to Andy first, I'm gonna throw to you. How have you enjoyed just the tournament as a whole? Like, have you enjoyed it? Has it underperformed, overperformed? How have you felt about it? Um, no, I've enjoyed it really. It's been um, some good football. There's some some bits of surprises. But uh, now there's been some good games as well, especially in the latter stages, which you'd probably expect. It took a little bit to get into, as, as all tournaments do. But once it got going, it was yeah, it was a good watch. And uh, like Andy, even though I'm Welsh, it was a disappointing start, disappointing end, you know. Um, yeah, because England looked really comfortable in the first 30 minutes, and you think this could be a yeah, a walk away, and then you know, actually, have obviously turned it around, which was a stellar team they are, and yeah, and gone on to win it. Well, it's a lottery with pens, but we'll, we'll go on to talk about that in a bit. Indeed, mate. Yeah, I thought um, one thing Italy did well was they changed their tactics to nullify what England were doing well in that first 30 minutes, but which we'll, uh, like you say, we'll talk about that in just a second. But Andy, overall thoughts, mate, of the tournament, just generally. I think it's been excellent. I think just from the home nations alone, you know, that, that obviously Wales got out of the group when they probably didn't expect to. I think Scotland give themselves a, a chance, uh, but the players put them put the, probably put themselves in a in a good position individually um, and showed how good they can be on the day. Um, but obviously didn't get over the line. Uh, but did themselves proud in, in, the, in their own ground at Wembley. Uh, and I think England did excellently well, uh, but just couldn't get over the final hurdle. But listen, I think overall, I think it's been a success. I, I probably wouldn't, have it over the world, over the over Europe, again. I think it's for me. It's got to be based in at least one um, country, if not spread around across two, just so that it's less travelling. Um, it'll probably stop all the arguments and um, and bickering about about travelling this and travelling that. But uh, I think overall, I think it was it needed probably to give it a go and and see if it worked. I think it did work, but I don't think you can probably do it again for probably at least another twenty years or so. Yeah, like I understand the reasoning, even before COVID, I understand the reasoning. And on paper, it is a kind of good idea, a nice way to commemorate an anniversary of the tournament and all that. But ultimately, 
it didn't work and you know they need to go back to the sort of one nation hosting it but um i think look the tournament as a whole was pretty damn good saw some sensational goals some sensational moments obviously at one point you had the unexpected uh, health scare with christian Eriksen, which you know for denmark to recover from that and losing their first two games to not only get out of the group stage but then go on to reach the semi-finals and give england the tremendous game and it's just there were so many different uh stories for different teams different um different things going on i really enjoyed it i felt like every team contributed in their own way and i include even um who do we say was the worst team? And Turkey, wasn't it? I think with a sweet state winner. Yeah, they didn't team. contribute. Even they contributed to what was a really enjoyable tournament. <laughs> they, did, yeah. they gave Wales the win. They, contribu- Wales, they, they contributed. Win. They contributed to uh, to the goals against, didn't they? They contributed to loads of goals. <laughs> so that's Jesus that's Christ, they yeah. Oh yes, they did. So <laughs> I tell you what, mate, uh, Andy, as the Englishman, I will I will let you choose. Do you want to talk about the final? And then finish off with team of the year, uh, team of the tournament, and all you know, young player, player of the tournament. Or do you want to talk the team of the tournament and everything first, and go into the final in detail for the sort of second half of the show? I will let you choose. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we, uh, I, I think we'll talk about the game. I think the game was obviously the, the, the main focal point, um, and then because then we we might be able to talk about individuals who played in that game. Or, or didn't play yep. that game. Who, uh, who will be our our players? I think it's probably right that we uh, that we cover the game. Yeah, good shout, mate. So, what I'm going to do is I'll give my quick overall thoughts, and then I'll pass to you two guys um, because I want to hear from you guys more than I want to talk myself. Um, but ultimately, I thought um, England started sensationally well. I thought they were really good. Italy looked shell shocked after the goal. It took them a bit of time to to just start knocking the ball around and settle. They didn't expect England, I don't think, to be so, uh, not necessarily attacking, but just get down their their wings so easily. They were getting down both sides really, really quite easily, a couple of passes. But what Italy did exceptionally well is they changed their tactics. Um, Their fullbacks dropped deep. And I think they changed their mid, one of the midfielders just before, uh, just after half time, and that changed the game completely because England's success of getting down into the fullback areas was non-existent. Unfortunately, one of my players of the tournament, in Raheem Sterling, probably had his—I wouldn't say poorest game of the tournament, but he was—he wasn't able to get into the same similar situations that he has throughout the tournament in pretty much every game. Um, look, overall, I thought Italy. Were the best team in the tournament, so it's fitting that they should win. However, I went into the game not really minding either way who won. I was happy if England won for you. I was happy if Italy won because I'm not English. However, by the end of it, me, my father-in-law, my son, we all kind of wanted England to win because I was looking at those young guys taking penalties and I was like, this is going to be brutal if they miss those. Um Italy should have had a red card. And I also, I just said to you guys off, off air, but I'll just say now, I thought Gareth Southgate made his first mistake of the tournament in extra time where I felt like Italy were there for the taking a little bit because they're an aging team at the back and England have got that depth we've talked about. And I felt like that was the time to unleash them at the start of extra time or even half-time extra time and really see if they could do some damage on the break and use that pace wasn't to be 
it's penalties is a lottery. It's a big ask. Um, and lastly, I thought Harry Kane should have taken the fifth penalty and Saka should have taken the first because he's just he's a kid and he's a captain. But apart from that, uh, enjoyable game. Right, let's throw to the the professionals. What um, what did you make of the game overall, uh, Andy? Like just the general performance. In uh, the, the the game overall was well. The game overall was um, as a whole was probably better than I thought. Um, you know, what I mean, I don't think anybody went in it with any nerves. I think England started absolutely amazingly well. I, I watched the build up and, and when the, the team was sneaking out that um, that, that Gareth was going to change his tactics and go back to a back three. Um, obviously he's done it before against Germany and, and Italy came out and said they were ready for it they practised on different formations well the way Italy started for the first 20-30 minutes that was a lie because they just couldn't handle what England had they couldn't handle the, the full-backs bombing on uh, the right full-back tribute to the left full-back um, Luke Shaw for the goal Harry Kane was phenomenal coming short dropping deep getting in the pockets and um, Chiellini Benucci couldn't cope with coming short they did want to go short every time they did they were bringing him down and fouling him Sterling was getting loads of joy Um and then for whatever reason, um, obviously we were always going to get back in the game a little bit in the first half, uh, but it was the second half for me. England didn't start at all second half. They were given giving a few chances away, giving a few corners away. Um, and then and then the goal happened. Listen, Jordan Pickford, absolutely unbelievable save and, 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 and very unlucky. Um, but from the Italians' point of view, the desire to win the first header, the desire to win the second header, the desire to get in front of people is just second to none. You've just said they're in back, back four, back two. Um, they had more desire individually than probably every other player on the pitch. You know, what I mean, they were as probably as a team because they were just phenomenal. You know, what I mean, they don't they don't give you any space. We all know about Sterling and, and Harry Kane having poor games, but for me, you've got to give credit to those two. You know, what I mean, they're they're clever at what they do. You know, they, they give tactical fouls away when they need to. Um, yeah. Everyone complaining uh, on social media about cheating, red card about pulling back. It's just not a red card. Fire. Very clever one. It's a yellow card. It's a hundred percent yellow card, and he got a yellow card for it, and that and that's the end yeah. of it. You know what I mean? I will. It's just clever. I will second your um, opinion on um, Jorginho. I thought Jorginho's tackle was awful, and I thought it was probably one of the worst tackles in the tournament so far. And I can't believe it didn't go to VAR. Um, I don't want to see anyone sent off. You know what I mean? I'm glad he did stay on because it gave him an opportunity to miss a penalty because he's got a hundred records. So now he hasn't. Um, but I think uh, I think as a tackle goal though, that was a little bit naughty. That and I think with him coming back in the league, I do hope that people don't remember it. For what it happened, what it was, you know what I mean, and and, and the let it lie and let it, let it carry on a little bit because I know, I know what English fans are like. Um, they can hold a grudge a little bit, and uh, and they might give people a little bit of stick, but, but it was naughty, and I do just wish wish the referee had a, had a dealt with it. Um, penalties, listen, um, I always said, Si, and I said to you before previously last week or so, my dream is to see England in a, in a, in a major final. I accomplished that. I said to my missus yesterday morning. Um, I'd love England to score in a, in, a, in a major final. I accomplished that. You know what I mean? I was ticking my little tick boxes off, and to get them the same win, I'll have to wait another four years or two years or whatever. You know what I mean? Then I'll go on. Hopefully, I'll get to get to do it one day. But for me, it was a dream come true, and and uh, and yes, gutted, but proud that I got a, an opportunity to see them. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good assessment. I like it, mate. And I think ultimately, just before I pass to Rodri for his views, like England got to the semi final of the World Cup, they've got to the final of the Euros. That's improvement. If they go in that one step further in the World Cup and the improvement continues, then they're going to win it. So I know I know it's a different tournament, well, different uh, teams, but that's improvement, yeah. isn't it? No, well, someone on Sky today said um, said the tournament pre- previously before um, the twenty uh, what we on twenty eighteen was third, second. Obviously, you know what I mean. Your progression next is first, so you know what I mean. Listen, you put your players under pressure, you put the manager under pressure, um, but 
in Qatar. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. The world best will be there. So England can join whoever whoever else comes to the party. Hundred uh, percent, Rodri. What did you make of the the final? Italy's performance, England. <clears throat> yeah, it was um, like I said before. It was a good start by England. Um, it's probably one of them games, one of them rare games that you start and you play. You start very well, and as a player, you probably come off the pitch after penalties and think, "How have we lost that?" Because we started really. They started really, really well. They, there was control in the game. They looked comfortable. Italy looked all over the place. The credit to Italy and Mancini's obviously got them in a half time and, and corrected that. And then England struggled the second half, but then, you know, I agree with you, they, they had the firepower to change it and bring on the, the, the players earlier. You know, you're giving players five minutes, you're giving Dre- Grealish 20, 15, 20 minutes. Pretty sure you could have given 30 minutes. He's probably thinking, do I want to bring Sterling off though? Because we've seen Sterling 120 minutes running the full length of the pitch and so he's still got the energy to want to bring him off with, with his you know, goals he scored. But it's, yeah, it's just in all his, all it is in hindsight now. And, you know, it's a final, anything can happen. And especially when it goes to penalties, it's just a 50 50, which it was before the game. And, and it's just unlucky. And yeah, it's, it's a step forward from last from last tournament. And, and it's just a shame. But, you know, you've got to look at the positives. All the players that have played. The young players, they're all going to be there next year. They're all going to be there in four years' time with the majority. Are. You're probably going to have sprinkles of players coming in as well. Green, not Grealish, um, probably Greenwood could probably get into that squad. And, and probably a couple others that, that will probably strengthen it. So, yeah, it's, it's only positive. It's just uh, just disappointing that they get beat on penalties and the quality of players that, that miss the penalties. It's just purely pressure that. It's just pure pressure because the penalties weren't great. He's a big keeper, and um, it's just unfortunate, really. Yeah, I actually Rodri, you just I said thought that. We... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, right. I just want to focus on penalties a little bit, and and, and obviously you as a as an ex player, tell tell people um, what what's what's the pressure like taking the penalty? You know what I mean? Because I know myself, my record probably is not great. I looked at Harry Kane against uh, against Denmark. He changed his run up. Um, he put his run-up back on yesterday and, and he could tell straight away from his quick steps, his, his run-up, he was going to score. He had that confidence, he had that buzz about him, but other players yeah. didn't look so confident. So why why is it? Uh, it's just purely the, purely the occasion. That is pure. No, I've, I've, I've missed, well, I missed the penalty early on in the career. I was playing for Salford and it was at Oldham Athletics ground in the final. And, and so, so I got a penalty in early on and I missed it and we ended up getting beat 2-1. No, that made me never. I never missed a penalty ever again. That's because I just didn't want that feeling. I just obviously wasn't concentrated. It was a poor penalty. I didn't pick the spot. I changed my mind. So, but and I've gone on and to take penalties with like hundred people there. You you can't feel your legs. You just you just it's just a weird feeling. And to be in Wembley, millions of people. It's just unimaginable to me. So because I, I was literally. My legs were shaking with 100 people. Yes, I went on to score probably about 12 or 30 more penalties, but never in that kind of pressure. It's different in a penalty shoot. I only had two. And the nerves, the only 100 people there, and I don't know what I'm nervous about, just pick your spot and take, but it's just, it's just weird. You can't uh, describe it. So to be in that kind of environment, yeah, it's just, it's just so hard. It's just difficult. And then on top of that, though, Si, I, I look at Donnarumma and I think 
how on earth do you see a gap? Because when he dies one way, his legs are still in the middle of the massive, goal. You know what I mean? So you've 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 got you've only got a third of left of the goal to aim at. You know what I mean? I looked at Pickford when the when the two goalkeepers were embracing each other before, and the, the sizable <coughs> difference in between them was massive. And I just thought, you know, as a player, does that play mind games with you? Does it play mind games that you've seen him play seven well, parties? Well, it's going to when you've been you know when that? you've been pra- Andy, it's when you've been practicing and you're looking at Jordan, Jordan Pickford, yeah. and then you come to the yeah. real thing and you look at Donnarumma. Yeah, massive. It, it, that's yeah. got to be visually thinking. Yeah. Shit, that's different. Yeah. Like, yeah so, this. so how do you how do you how do you then replicate it? Then do you get a do you get a different goalkeeper in for training to replicate it? Someone the same size, the same stature. You know what I mean? That. That we're all we're all talking here about replicating things, replicating tactics, replicating formations, replicating penalties, doing the walk up, having the crowd noise, having the focus. You know what I mean? But you've you've still got to focus on the goalkeepers in goal, and you've still got to focus on which. You know what I mean? For me, I, I, I watched it on BBC One, and I, and I listened to the commentators. I said hard and low, and um, Harry Kane's hard and low, but in the bottom left hand corner, Harry Kane's top right hand corner broke the camera. Um, but the other, well, obviously Rashford's went wide. The other two were. Mm-hmm. Goalkeeper's height, you know what I mean. So the the bad penalties if the keeper goes the wrong way, but if he goes the right way, he's he's going to parry them out. He could probably could have caught them both to be fair, but um, he doesn't need to. He just needs to get stopped and going in the net. But Harry Kane was never going to miss the way that he set up and and, and smashed his foot through it. Harry Maguire's it was a penalty of the day. It was, it was, it was the best one of the lot, and it wasn't just because of plastic camera. It was just that he he just wanted to hit it as hard as he could. And you know what I mean. For me, could could a few more of the experienced players. I'm not saying they bought it, but. I think to take the pressure off the young players, could they just put their foot through it and just hope for the best? Because just to help the young lads out, you know what I mean? Because they'll get another opportunity. And my, my only concern is what we talked about there is, and, and, and I'm all for the young guy, the way, you know what I mean? They're, they're absolutely heroes now for me that they've, they've stood up for the country uh, and, and, and put their name forward to, to do it. But in Guitar, in a year and a half's time, quarter final of the, of the World Cup against Argentina, mm-hmm. will they want to step up? I hope they, I hope they will. But you know what I mean. Part of me now thinks it'll still be in their mind and and their mindset. You know what I mean because it'll still hurt. Mm. You know what I mean. I look at Stuart Pearce um, from nineteen ninety to ninety six. He had he had six years to um, to to put that demon to bed. And you know what I mean. In the celebrations after he scored against Spain, was just magical. But six years is a long time. You know you know what I mean. To, to, for a player to go through those kind of demons, Gareth Southgate's been on it since nineteen ninety six. And he's come back to haunt him again, you know. So it's uh, it's sometimes it's not fair, but you know what I mean. For me, overall, Italy were the best team in the tournament. I didn't name him at the start, but I, I I named him after the first game. I thought they were that good. For me, the edge of the game a little bit, not not too much in the in the probably especially over the hundred and twenty. So for me, I've got no qualms that that they be England. Yeah, I think I thought Italy were better tactically. I think that's the only difference between the two teams in the, in the second um, half. In the second when half, you yeah. say that England, in the you know, half, yeah. it, Southgate's actually done. Yeah, he's, he's been superb all the way I, through the I'm tournament. Believe how, how well they were playing. Yeah. I'm thinking this is going to be easy, but yeah. obviously, you know, Italy just showed that what a great team they are by adapting and then overcoming it and, and winning the game ultimately. Mm. But I, 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 I yeah, but, I, go on. Sorry about, about the subs. You know what I mean? You're talking about England's strength and depth. Um, I thought Mancini made some mm-hmm. some monumental subs. I thought uh, bringing off Immobile was a big call. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you, your big calls when you when you've got your your best centre forward. You know what I mean? You're bringing off other big players um, and bringing on lesser names. But those those players, I mean, they, they, they ran through a brick wall for the country. You know what I mean? They, they, they showed guts and desire. They caused England more problems in the last half an hour of the game than than the better players did. You know what I mean? So I, I've got no got no 
got no issues. You know what I mean? The, the, the best team won, and hopefully, you know what I mean. Uh, England can go to the, the next level again. But Chiesa for me, world class. You know what I mean? He's he's got a, he's got a hundred percent future ahead of him. He's he's a, he's a very good player. Um, he just complements the way that they play. You know what I mean? People say about England playing very defensive, very negative, having having defensive midfielders. Italy played just as more, just as defensive, and if not more defensive than England did. They had the back four, which is very very deep. Um, and got got up, but they had, they had three defensive midfielders, and the other three attackers who go and attack and win the games. You know what I mean? The, the left back gets forward, the right back tucks in. It's it's it's, it's, yeah, it's the same as England. It's, England players got the same way. I just and that's what I mean. I think tactically, Southgate's been spot on in every game. I just felt that England's depth, particularly those players like Rashford, Sancho, they're pretty fresh. Like. You had the chance to change the game going into extra time or half time, extra time, and I just felt he, for whatever reason, he didn't want to lose the game, and I felt like the game was there for him to go and win. Um, and that's you know, it's it's, a, it's easy with hindsight, of course, and it's a big pressure situation. It's everything's riding on it. Is it better to make sure you don't concede, and then if you can pull something off? But those players, like they're top players. And I'm um, giving them 30 seconds to like if they if Rashford and uh, Sancho score their penalties, by the way, it looks like an absolute masterstroke to bring them on for Henderson yeah, and uh, the other guy for, you know, for 30 seconds. Because like, um, what was it years ago when they um, was it Bell, uh, Holland changed their keeper for penalties? If you do Holland make those decisions, game, yeah. you know, you make those decisions for the penalty shootouts. If they come off, you, you look like a genius. If they don't come off then questions are asked. But, you know, I've been beating the drum since before the tournament. I felt England's depth was what was going to be the difference. And I just felt they didn't utilise it in extra time. That's That would be my only qualm. Apart from that, I thought it was it was an enjoyable game. I thought Italy, oh. tactically, Mancini was superb all the way through the tournament. Um. I'll just on that, like we're going to we're going to give uh, like our team of the year, uh, team of the tournament and stuff in a minute. But from a coaching point of view, like looking at the tournament overall, which coaches have kind of stood out for you um, or maybe made a bit more of a name for themselves or impressed you with their tactics or the way they've gone about things? Um, Roger, we'll start with you, mate. Any coaches like from all the different teams which have stood out for you? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, you've got to say Southgate, and it is coaching staff. You know, how they've gone about business. Business, you see how he's talk about his assistant. Um, yeah, so you've got to have that support staff, and I think they have the Denmark coach as well. You know, yeah. how he's handled it through the the, the first game and, and all the stuff that he would have gone through. So, yeah. And obviously, yeah, Manc- and obviously Mancini and winning it, and, and Luca Vialli and, and Lombardi and, and his staff as well. That you know, they obviously won it, and yeah, yeah. Of course, like Vialli, obviously he's been um, been ill as well. So to, you know, for him to be able to battle that, come through that, and then be a part of the backroom staff with Italy and win the tournament is you know that's a sensational story for a, a, a legend of the game. But. Um, on the Danish coach, I think the Danish coach and the backroom staff to, to go through what they went through, and like I mentioned earlier, to get through the group stage and, and to do everything they did and keep the squad together and focused is tremendous, tremendous stuff. Um, Southgate's been superb. Mancini is just 
how to get i've never i don't remember should i say in my lifetime of seeing an italian team as together as this italian team it might be lacking the big superstar names of of past years but they look like they would run through a brick wall forever for any you know each of them and all yeah, of them. that's down to the that's down to the you don't lose, you don't not get beat for 30 odd games that's down to the coach that and all these yeah. hard work on the training pitch what about you and what ma uh, coaches managers have stood out for you Oh, I think uh, you've just named some of them. Uh, Mancini for how fit he's got his team. He's he's got them super motivated, super um, fully desired up to uh, to win a tournament. You know, what I mean? he hasn't gone the superstar route. He's gone the players who deserve the players in that in that twenty six. And 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 part of me is quite proud that they have won it with the with the lesser names in, which um, which sometimes doesn't work, but it's worked for them. And um, Denmark have been through so much. You know, what I mean, Gareth. Um, for me, he's massively impressed me. Um, and you've got to look at the, the coaching staff that he's put together, by the way. Some of them, he brought Graham Jones in. Graham Jones has only been there for the, for the duration of the tournament. So if this is a long-term venture and Graham's impressed that much, um, then for me, the, the group can only get better. With, with the coaches being in place for longer periods of time, the, 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 the squad's going to get better. The players are going to have a, a, an easier way of, of understanding what the, what the group wants and the, and the coaches want. Um, for me as well, I think Spain, Enrique has impressed me. Um, apart from his dress sense, his dress sense on the touchline is <clears throat> terrific. But no, oh, he's gone. That was that was uh, sudden. Um, yeah, he, had a, he had a good run there, thirty minutes. I know, isn't it? That's yeah. probably the longest this he's uh, he's held on. But um, yeah, it's uh, there's a few, and I think he's right though about Enrique. Like the Spanish team to not select any Real Madrid players was a big risk, and I think it was. You know, they, I think that he was justified in that risk of not taking those players because Spain, I thought, did very, very well. It was a good run, and you had like 30 minutes with no problems, but you just yeah, disappeared. No, it was all right. Well, right. Um, no, sorry, uh, Enrique, um, uh, apart from his dress sense, he looks like uh, one of your mates who's just going down the boozer, but he's, uh, listen, the way that he's got his young players playing and the way that he's got his players wanting to play for him again, I think is just phenomenal. I think... They're going to be a, a, a force to be reckoned with next year in the, in the in the World Cup in in four years or three years time in the Euros. Um, Spain will be up there now from uh, for the for the for the long term I think because of just the way they play and the way that those players are just just born to just to play football and get on the ball. Technically they're excellent. Um, I, I, I liked, I'd like to say Holland, um, but defensively they're all over the place. But you stick you stick Van Dijk in that in that team. Will he make a massive difference? Yeah. Because offensively, they're excellent. Just defensively, they let himself down in the big moments of this tournament. But um, I would like to see them with him in that tournament um, if it would have made a massive impact. But listen, there's loads of countries who probably overachieved a little bit. Shevchenko, you know what I mean? He's had a, he's had a wonderful tournament yeah. in terms of, of, of where he Robert is. Robert Page makes, um, you know, yeah, well, Robert Page, the you know situation I mean? he was in, stuff, it, yeah. he was thrown in and he did what he did. He did the best he could. Mm at the end of the day and but I then, think he deserves credit for the way he conducted then himself people like Hungary a Hungary manager North Macedonia didn't embarrass themselves you know what I mean the, you can probably look at the people who, who've let themselves down a little bit who underachieved um, France underachieved um, Belgium probably underachieved with the players they've got at their disposal you know what I mean they've got this quarter final voodoo going on but uh, but no I think I think England will always be up there with, with, with what's gone on you know what I mean yes there's, there's people who who, who will, who will Give him criticism because they didn't win the game, but he was a he was a he was a small margin away from being a being a being a hero for the rest of his life. Absolutely, mate. Um, so we're gonna all each give our team of the tournaments in a minute. Um, but what I want you to do 
each of you now, and, and I will a little bit, is I want you to talk about the players who didn't get in your team. So without giving away who's in your team, talk about some of the players who came. <laughs> I know it's convoluted, but just talk about some of the players <laughs> who like you nearly got in your team, basically, just to see, you know, honourable mentions, I suppose, is the, oh. the way to put it. Because right. it okay. was difficult to pick. There were some players who I wanted in there and I just didn't have room for. So, you know, it is where it is. But who didn't make your team, I suppose, who impressed you? Um, and you go first, mate. Um, I'll start with a couple of centre-forwards that, you know, Harry Kane. Listen, Harry could have finished top goal scorer in the tournament, but he let himself down in the first three games. So, for me, it's about a tournament as a whole. Um, he didn't start until the um, the last 16. Um, so, I don't see how, how anyone can be a, in a player of the tournament um, mm. uh, if you don't perform for the full tournament. Um, Lukaku, I was desperate to find a place for him, but... For me, he just didn't do enough, and didn't didn't get his. He didn't he didn't do enough in the in the in the final stages of his of, his, of the tournament to get him to get his team in the next rounds. So, you know what I mean? For me, so it's it's like I would love to get him in because every time he's on the ball or every time he's in, he's in those areas, he seems to do well and seems to score goals. But the players that I've that I've picked in those areas um, will probably explain why those kind of guys haven't got in. Mm. I guess. Um. Yeah, anyone, Rodri, who didn't get in your team, who you was finding it difficult not to put in? Uh, Harry Maguire, John Stones. Um, yeah, with a, with the two Italian, you can't look past them really. As a, as a partnership, you want your, your a good partnership, and you, you can't really get a better partnership than them two. No. So, yeah, um, Mihel, Mihel, whatever his name is, right from back. Denmark, yeah, Denmark, yeah. He, he yeah. did. He did okay, uh, and probably Xhaka, Granite Xhaka, yeah. Yeah, he surprised me. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Um, I've never really yeah, rated him that me. much, but I thought he had a sensational tournament. Um, so for me, uh, John Pickford, mate. Um, I said at the start of the tournament, I had reservations about him, but we said after the group stage, he was outstanding. Um, he looked a different player for England than he does for Everton. He had a little wobble mm. against Denmark, but in that final last night. Yeah. He kept England in nice. it uh, in the ninety minutes, yeah, phenomenal. Um, and then made mm. some sensational saves in the tw- in the penalty shootout. Um, so he's very unlucky to not get in. Um, maybe I'm being a bit biased, but like I also thought Danny Ward for Wales in goal was outstanding. But there's other goalkeepers who got further who did outstanding for longer periods. Um, Jordan, I think Jordan Pickford won the Golden Glove as well, didn't he? Um, and Kiefer Moore was good as well for Wales. I thought both of those players deserve a bit oh. of a shout. They were never kind of getting get in my team of the tournament because probably because they didn't get sort of far enough in. Um, oh. Who oh, else was there? There was uh, Spinazzola. Well. Spinazzola is not uh, in my tournament. In no, my team, yeah. Um, Schick from uh, Czech Republic who, who finished off uh, joint top goalscorer with Ronaldo. You know, he's not. He hasn't made mine. Um, I agree with what Roger says about. Um, the two England, the two England centre halves, thought been been excellent. I mean Harry as well. You've got to look at Harry Maguire and look what he's done in this, what he's done at the end of the season. Absolutely nothing in terms of he's, he's had a really serious injury, um, and then all of a sudden he's he's playing in a world tournament and he's playing so well without even a, a blink of an eye. It just shows the testament and how how good the, how good the boy is really. You know what I mean? It just shows the quality he's got. You know what I mean? To come from nothing to to play in a tournament like that and and to not to not be. To not lose any minutes or anything. He's just a phenomenal professional. Absolutely, mate. Um, so, another player who didn't get in my side was uh, Damsgaard of Denmark. But I would probably have given him the young player of the tournament. I thought he really did himself uh, 
I don't know how to describe it, but he made a bit of a name for himself in this tournament. I thought he was absolutely sensational yeah. in pretty much every game. Um, another Swiss player, and Will's just said in the chat there, who did very well was Shakiri. Another one who I'm not a yeah. massive fan of in terms of I think he yeah. underperforms for the talent he's got, but he was sensational. Um, Holberg, and, and there, there was a few who did really, really well. Um, right. Do you not think, Dossai, do you not think a few of these players have put a lot of pressure on themselves next season because they've, they've played so well in the tournament? They probably won't get a move in the summer because clubs will want too much money. So they've got to go back to Arsenal, yeah, maybe. for example, in Liverpool. And the pressure's there for them to go and play well straight away because Shakiri, yes, he's going he's gonna to struggle to get game time because the players ahead of him. But Shakiri should walk in that Arsenal team the way that they play, you know what I mean? Because he should be able to protect and sit and hold and, and get the ball to the Saka, get the ball to the Aubameyang, get the ball to other players. So, you know what I mean? He's, he should be playing a pivotal role this year in, the, in Arsenal's uh, defensive midfield position. Yeah, 100%. Mate. Well, there's a question there from Reese. He says, um, how, uh, do you, why do some of these players perform better for their countries than they do at club level? Whether, you know, Shakiri, you could point to Xhaka, you could probably point to Pogba as well. He, he does a lot better for France on the whole. Um, like, why do you think, and not in necessarily any individuals, but just generally, there's even Pickford, you know, these guys, they do so much better at international level than they at their clubs. They do not look always the same players. Like, why is that? Uh, I'll probably use Pickford as an, as an example then. That Pickford's playing with better players, so Pickford's got better players in front of him, so it'll raise his confidence levels. He's he's training at a higher standard. He's playing with better footballers, so he's getting better passes back. He's he's working with better players who have his understanding. Um, Pogba one I probably don't get because Pogba's Pogba's played with world class players throughout his career. Mm. Um, he's playing alongside Fernandez, for example, at United. He's playing. Um, he's played at Juventus. He's he's playing with France. He's won the World Cup. Sometimes it's 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 just desire, isn't it? You know, when people like Pogba, I probably look at it as he's done everything he needs to do in football. So it's it's having that own personal desire um, to want to go to that next level. And if you decide to turn it on and turn the tap on, it's it's going to flood. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just having that personal desire. Yeah, hundred percent. What do you think, Rodri? Like we mentioned, Jacker and and Shaqiri, two players who've done really well. But haven't maybe done hit the hit the high levels for their clubs. Shakuri seems to be the, the main man for Switzerland. You know, he has been for for quite a long time. Where Liverpool, he struggled to get a game. So mm. yeah, that's probably with that reason. It's, it's mm. diff, difficult to say. It's difficult. To yeah, say. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so Gareth Bale's the one as well. You know, he, yeah. He does yeah, well for his. Does, yeah, he does well for his. Um, his international team but he doesn't always yeah. been able to produce that for Madrid or for Spurs sorry, be very I'm interested nah, sorry. Your, yeah, your audio might go mate if, uh, yeah. if you've had a phone call it should be if it does you'll have to go out and in um, yeah for all um, right and uh, just while we wait for Rodri to come back who is your player of the tournament uh, my player of the tournament is um, Simon Kreja from Denmark um, and the reason why he's got my player of the tournament is 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 what he's done, um, as in he saved a person's life. So I think life's more important than football. Um, and for my, for that reason alone, he won the tournament because I, I thought about he's it. Thought long and hard about um, yeah about who I could um, who that's I could it, give that's him, sensational. Do, do, I like that a lot on the pitch, but I just thought I, listen. I, 
and and, it's, and I thought about it last night after the game that, that the people sending me messages of unlucky England blah blah it's not football's not life and death it's just a game yeah. you know what that mo- that moment that that moment and those words stuck with me so I just thought you know what for me it has to be my play of the tournament for those reasons and those reasons alone I like that. So I don't know if you heard that then, Rodri. Um, Andy's player of the tournament was uh, Kajar of Denmark because uh, obviously he saved uh, K- K- Christian Eriksen's life uh, with some of his actions. Who was your player of the tournament, mate? Oh, it's difficult, isn't it, to pick one? Yeah. And norm- uh, normally, though, normally your, your player of the tournament doesn't always get in your, your, your 11, which I know, I know sounds really stupid, but it's... yeah. It's like someone who stands out for the, for various reasons. Isn't one it? one that's impressed me and got better, obviously, probably because he's not played at the start, would be Chiesa. Yes. But um, yeah. yeah, it's a difficult one that because like no one's really really stood out. So uh, did you agree? Did you agree yesterday then, Sai? Did you, uh, Rodri? Did you agree yesterday that 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 John and Rumor got obviously played the tournament? Should uh, was he that uh, good? No. Did he deserve it? I. Uh, that's, that's in my opinion, that's the point. There's probably no one that stuck out that much. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, because yeah. if he, if he, you know, if he's if he's played the tournament, why has he not got? If Jordan Pitford's won the other award, hmm. yeah, surely, surely yeah. win both awards. Yeah. Well, exactly that. It's, yeah, it's uh, a weird uh, one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Um, totally agree. I, th- I thought he got man of the match. That's what I thought. I thought when he went up to get his award, I thought it was man of the match because I thought I oh, just saved a few penalties. He's had least the game. He's pulled out. All the crosses. He's 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 been very stable at the back. And then when I seen it play the tournament, I thought I'm not sure. I'm not really sure I agree he's with that. Not got the player. I suppose his opinion. Isn't. He's not got even the player. Yeah, no. Position, no. <laughs> so it's, no. Just, it's, it's mad, isn't it? He's um. Madness. He's also uh. He's also um. Up for well, possibly up for sale this summer as well, which is remarkable because I think he's out of contract next year, or he might even be out of contract yeah, now. Yeah. I think he's, he's going to leave this. He, year, signed, but... he signed for PSG. He signed for PSG. He did he? sign for him, did he? How much did he go I think for? He signed a free contract agreement. He's free wow. transfer. Who are we talking to? Keeper in? Yeah, Donnarumma. Yeah, oh, I didn't know he had signed. Like he was a free uh, agent. Them, I think right? it's. I think it's a pre-contract. He's he turned down. He turned down a new deal at, at AC Milan, so they just released him straight away of his contract. Oof. Tell you that that is a massive signing for PSG, yeah. I think, because I said yeah, before he'd, the sh- he'd, he'd leave Italy. Well, he's so young as well. Like, and in my opinion, he's probably the best goalkeeper in Europe anyway. And he's like twenty-one, so to get him on a free, and they've just obviously signed Sergio Ramos, and they're talking to Rafael Varane, uh, Varane as well, who's obviously in talks for United as well. But I mean, be interesting what P- if PSG can get past that. Men- we talked about mental blocks. They've got the same mental block that Belgium have got with international football. That they've yeah. got that same mental block in the Champions League. So you're bringing in a Donnarumma and a Sergio Ramos and whoever else they bring in. It'd be interesting if they can get past that mental block coming into the season. They were they um, had a decent keeper, by the way. They had uh, they had Navas and Real Madrid. Yeah, so they had, they had a decent yeah. keeper. So it's quite, quite greedy. Yeah. Quite greedy, if you ask me. Well, I mean, you know, I couldn't comment. Um, so. In terms of uh, my player of the tournament, I found it really difficult. Um, Luke Shaw is in my top three, 100%. I think he's had every single game has been at least an 8 out of 10, you know, and some of them have been higher. Um, Jorginho of Italy, I think, has been sensational. Um, 
one of the players, uh, Verratti as well for Italy. I think he's like one of those unsung heroes or something. Like no one seems to mention him. He always goes off after about an hour to 75 minutes, but he really makes some tick in that early part of the game, particularly. Um, he impressed me a lot, but I probably, I think I probably, probably would go with Luke Shaw. Um, Sterling's up there as well. I've got to say, I thought Sterling had a fantastic tournament. Um, but he's really good. Right. Let's um, let's finish off with our teams of the tournament. Uh, and I'm sure the people in the chat will let us know if they agree or disagree. Um, so I think the easiest way to do it is we'll all just give our goalkeeper and kind of go there. Uh, no, go on. Tell you what, Andy, you go name your team first, then Roger can do his, and then I'll do mine. Do it that way. Um, go on, Andy. Take us away. Okay, Doc. Right. So, Mike, I've gone, uh, my goalkeeper, I've gone for Don Ruman in goal. Um, I think he's had an amazing tournament. I've gone for a back four. Um, I've mixed it up a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, so I've gone for Dumfries from Netherlands. Uh, I think he's had a he's had, he had a wonderful tournament. He's got a couple of goals as well from the right back area. So um, I like that. Um, I've gone for Kyle Walker. Um, his pace was just everything for me. Um, he, he gets himself and, and others out of jail. Luke Shaw. Um, I've also gone. Um, so I've got three three fullbacks, but I'm going to play. Luke, I'm going to play mm-hmm. Kyle Walker centre half mm-hmm. next to Chiellini. Um, I've gone for a bit of a and a bit of pace, um, just to try and mix it up a little bit. I've gone for three in midfield. Um, I've gone for Verratti. Um, I agree. I thought he's just an unsung hero. He does all the donkey work that nobody else wants to do. Um, I've gone for Declan Rice because I thought yesterday in the final, I thought he was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. I thought he's had a very solid tournament considering the, the, the Saturday team he plays for, West Ham United. Not a, a household name. Yes, he's playing the Premier League, but I think... Um, I think it could be a, a move on the on the cards for him. I think, um, and then to complement those two, um, I've gone for Calvin, Calvin Phillips because for me Calvin has been the surprise and the shock of the tournament. Um, the amount of running he does, the miles he goes through in the game. By the way, far more than anybody else in the England side. Um, he's an absolute machine, uh, and uh, Leeds United will be very lucky if they keep hold of him. By the way, in the summer. Um, so and I, I do hope he can progress on. I've gone for three attackers. I've gone for Cristiano Ronaldo. He obviously got a golden boot, so I couldn't leave him out. Uh, I've gone for Raheem Sterling. I think he had a he had a very good tournament. Shame he couldn't uh, finish off in the final. Um, and uh, Rodri mentioned him a minute ago. I've gone for Chiesa as well because I thought he was absolutely world class. And um, am I am I correct to saying that Chiesa is his dad used to play for Italy as well? Is that is that is that right? I believe so. Yeah, I think he is. You know, I think if he's he half is, as good. Um, if, he's, sure. if, he's, if he's half as good as his dad, if he's half as good as his dad, he's going to be a player. So, you know what I mean, which is phenomenal. But yeah, I think uh, I've gone for four-three-three. Um, a little bit of Gareth Southgate, three defensive midfielders, but I've got basically get the ball to three front men and go and score goals. Yeah, I've gone for the same formation, but not the same team. Rodri, what's your team, mate? Um, yeah, keep the same. Donnarumma, uh, right back, left back, Shaw, Walker. All the things Andy mentioned with Walker's pace and, and all the things you mentioned with Shaw, that, that he's been brilliant from the start. The two centre-halves that I mentioned, Benucci and Chiellini. You know, you want so a pair of partnership, a top partnership, and, and yeah. they don't really come with as much experience that, uh, and, no. and good as, as them two. Then it was a difficult one. It was which one do I pick out of Rice and Phillips? And you have to have Phillips, you know, last year playing a championship, the amount of yeah. miles that he runs. Uh, yeah, so I went with Phillips. 
that was a tough one, that though. But then you've got Georgino next to him. Yeah, you've got to go with him. He's had a really good tournament as well, even though I agree with you, he should have been sent off yesterday. But yeah, he's been he's been brilliant for Italy. The, the, the glue for, for Italy, I would say. And then I've gone for Sterling, Dahlberg, Chiesa and Ronaldo up front. Nice. Like wow. it. Interesting. Wow. Wow. So wow. I've gone like, uh, like three at the back. I've gone Don Rumer in goal. I've gone Maguire, Cellini, and Benucci as my three. I've gone Luke Shaw one side. I've put Spinazzola on the other side. I know he's a left back, but he's playing right back because he's been that good. He's in my team. Um, and I was not going to have Luke Shaw in there. I think they both deserve that. Um, midfield, I found a bit tricky because I kind of wanted to put Paul Pogba in there because I thought he was the one, him yeah. and Benzema were the two players who stood out for France. And I thought Pogba really turned up. He was let down perhaps by some teammates and stuff. But I had to have Kelvin Phillips in there. I just think for someone who was relatively unknown to have the tournament that he's just had, you know, and the pressure which comes with it, I think just got, he's got to be in there. So I've got Kelvin Phillips and then I've got Pedri of Spain. Um, and then like and then it. I've got a three up front of uh, Sterling. Stick, uh, stick of Austria, and then I couldn't decide between Benzema, Insignia, or Ronaldo. So I'm gonna pick yeah, Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo, yeah, I think I, you can't leave him out. He's golden boot. Got it. Got to be in there. So the, yeah, that was my uh, my team. It it is hard, isn't it? Because there's players. Yeah, who, it's hard. Yeah. If you were doing a squad and you had subs and stuff, there's players in there who could who would get in there. Um, I also thought Griezmann had a relatively good tournament. Um, Rodri, who had the better TV coverage, BBC or ITV? Oh, um, well, I watched it on BBC, but the best, um, the best is Clive Jones as well. Yeah, I say it's so weird yeah, to me that commentary is by yeah. by Jenis. Yeah, yeah, they do they, mm. these these commentary. Some of them don't do no research whatsoever. They're lazy in the the the, the performance, and yeah, so you can tell the lazy ones because they don't know nothing. Uh, but yeah, but the, the to answer your question, I would say ITV because even though I watched it on BBC One. Just watched on BBC One because it does, does make the adverts. That's all. I yeah, yeah, it's a weird um, one, but yeah. But if I would have realised Roy Keane was on there, I probably would have watched it because Alan Shearer was on BBC One. So yeah, uh, I think ITV's got better pundits um, I, yeah, than ITV's the BBC. By far, got better pundits. But hundred percent by far. Sorry. Yeah, ITV twenty questions. Yeah, I think um, it's weird to me that they've relegated Clive Tilsley to like second string. Like Sam Matface gets all the main games um, as the commentator. Like to me, Clive Tilsley is the best commentator available. Now the he should ones, be. The older ones are always the better because they've got it's experience. So weird to me, man. They've done it for years. Yeah, Mount, yeah. Uh, Sam Matface yeah. is good, but he's young. He's got a, yeah. I agree with you. What about you, Andy? Did, 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 did you BBC or uh, well, just you were just talking about Clive Tilsey there. I did a bit of work with Clive for that uh, for that Cardiff City game. He's been doing a bit of uh, freelance work, and he did uh, he did a he did a, like a little bit of a write up for every game. 
um, I'll bring it on one of the shows and show you what he what he did for me. Uh, and he and he's selling them on, but he's yeah, it's just a his detail what he goes into for his games, his commentary is just second to none. It's absolutely amazing. Um, for me, ITV is better, but not for England games. Um, and and the reason why is yeah, is the him. is the Gary Lineker, the Alan Shearer, the Rio Ferdinand, and the Frank Lampard. They've all been there. They've all done it. They've all wore the T-shirt. So, it's, so yesterday I decided to watch, I'd watch most games on ITV, but I watch the England games on BBC because of the experiences that they've got. You know what I mean? And they're very honest and humble um, with the fact that you know what I mean. Listen, yesterday there's there's nearly a thousand caps between them. You know what I mean? And goals and and experiences across across the, across the globe. But they were all very honest about you know what I mean. We've never been in this situation. You know what I mean? We should have been. We've all underachieved, but we haven't. You know what I mean? So it was the, they're just very humble with it all. I thought it was great. But, you know, for me, ITV is better. Uh, but for England games, I think uh, with the experiences that they've got, you know what I mean? I don't want to listen to Roy Keane slagging off an England player because he doesn't like the way that he moves around in goal with Daniel Jordan Pickford. I want to I wanna hear Ferdinand slagging him off for a real reason, for not doing it for his mm. country. You know what I mean? I just think sometimes for, for, for club, I th- I'm all for Roy doing it and I'm all for other people. But for your country... I want to hear Roy Keane say, saying that about Shea Given and, um, and other Irish players, you know what I mean? Because I think it, it, I think international football is so different. But ITV, yeah, I think they've had some, uh, they've had some wonderful uh, people, Gary Neville. Um, and I think the Welsh boys did, did, did a good job as well, by the way. Well, Joel Edley, Robert this, Earnshaw. Um, yeah. Um, uh, um, who else? Um, uh, Robson Carnew. I thought, they were, I thought they were brilliant. Ashley Williams was pretty good as well. Uh, do you know what? I read yeah, um, there was an art... There was an article in the in I think it was either the Independent or the Telegraph today, um, and it was something like the good, the bad, and the ugly of the tournament. And uh, the guy who wrote it is um, an English journalist, and he said that the coverage of BBC's Welsh coverage was so uh, one-sided, and he was like really going to town on Gabby Yorath and and Robbie Savage, and and because they had an all Welsh panel and this and that, and I was like. I really that really annoyed me because I don't know how you could say that with a straight face after the way both channels celebrated England reaching the final because they were there was no like independence they you know and and then it's, they're all English I get it it's fine it's the same when Wales beat Belgium Robbie Savage was on commentary going out of his mind because it was amazing I get that but this article just rubbed me up the wrong way because I think if you're going to criticise the BBC's Welsh coverage for that, you have to acknowledge that the English coverage was exactly the same. You can't pick and choose one. Um, and I, I also think that BBC generally needs to take a look at the way they cover football um, generally. Um, I kind of would like it to be a bit more impartial for all the home nations and actually look at the teams which are you know, look at the teams which are playing and assess them. There was a lot of kind of almost cheerleading from the BBC on for all the home nations, and I kind of didn't like that. I'd rather have a bit of independence and, and hear about their experiences. And like you said, like like when you've got people who've been there and done it, like whether it was for Wales, you've got like Ashley Williams who played in that Belgium game and played for Wales at the Euros. Yeah. Like, Let's kind of hear hear about those experiences from all those different yeah. amazing pundits on the two channels, instead totally of agree. the kind of celebration. Well, I, and I don't know. I just, yeah. just didn't well, I found it strange. 
I found it strange yesterday. You know, Jurgen Klinsmann. You know what I mean? If Germany, if, if Germany were in the final yesterday, I'd be. I'm all for Jurgen being on the touchline. You know what I mean? And given his given his experience, yes, he's won the tournament and he's and he's been a world class footballer. But I'd have loved to seen Gianfranco Zola stood on the touchline yeah. and given his experience about scoring at Wembley and 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 having the battles with the guys in, in England set up and and his and his experiences in in playing in the Premier League and. And just the English fans, and he can relate to it, and 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 in some relatable context, I just think sometimes we we miss a trick a little bit, you know what I mean, in terms of in terms of that. But yeah, listen, if you're watching a Welsh game, you want someone who's been there. You don't want someone who's just talking about it. And like Roger says, who hasn't done the homework because it stands out like a sore thumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's nothing worse. It's, it's. I think it's embarrassing. It's cringe, cringeworthy because you know the answers and you know that they're talking rubbish because they get themselves caught up in a in a muddling and a mess. And do you know what I mean? Ah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll probably back up what, what Roger said about Jermaine, Jermaine Janus. You know what I mean? He, he he just looks like he runs out of things to say, and he always gets saved by yes. a poor commentator who takes over all the time. And that that shouldn't happen. He should have he should have loads yeah. to say. You know what I mean? He, listen, it's not like England are phoning up and he's gobsmacked. He doesn't know what to talk about. You know what I mean? There's what's going on in the pitch. Talk about him. Talk about the players. You know what I mean? Talk about the t- talk about something. You know what I mean? You've got to give your input of what's going on because if 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 it's a radio, how do you how, how do you visualize what's going yeah. on? Yeah, of course, and I think that of course when you're doing a, when you've got a tournament like this, you're going to have like the second and third string commentators doing certain games at the earlier stages of the, of the tournament. I do understand that, but too many times in this tournament, I found myself watching games, and I would sort of think to myself, or I'd say to my missus, or my father-in-law, or my son, or that player's done this in his career, or he's done that, or they they should do this, or Italy are doing this. And then, like ten minutes later, the commentator would do it or say it, and I just thought they just seemed so ill prepared, and some of them just didn't seem to know what they were talking about, and that's a problem. When, like you said, and if you're in a situation where you're if you're listening on the radio or you can't see a TV and you're depending on those commentators to describe the game to you and what's going on, commentators not knowing what they're talking about is a big problem. Yeah. Um, but let's not finish on a negative. I thought, look, tournament was fantastic. I have really, really enjoyed doing three shows a week. Um, I appreciate, obviously, of course, uh, all the people who've tuned in and got involved in the conversation with us, all the people who've downloaded the audio. It's awesome. Andy, of course, I appreciate you, mate, joining me three times a week. But uh, even more so, I appreciate uh, Rodri Giggs and, uh, of course, David Giles for joining us uh, for so many of the shows. But, uh, Rodri, it's been a pleasure, mate, to have you over the, the last few weeks. Really appreciate yep. your time. No, yeah, I've enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully it won't be the last time we see you on the channel and the show yeah. and stuff. No, sure no. you'll... Uh... No, I'll second, I'll, I'll second that, Rodri. I think uh, absolutely phenomenal. Your insight in football is is, is fantastic. Um, both you and I love uh, it up, mate. It's been awesome with that. With the knowledge of, of being there, wore the t-shirt, played football, you know what I mean, and, and and just a passion for it, you know what I mean? Because I've said this all along, all the shows that we've done, so I have shows um are passionate about your country, you know what I mean? And you and you've also got an insight into English football as well, and that's and it's so evident to see and hear because of the way that you talk about, which is great. So really appreciate your efforts and your time. It's uh, it's it's fabulous. No, yeah, thanks. It's been a pleasure, I've enjoyed it. No, can't wait to come back on. Top man. Guys, thank you very much. Don't forget to spread the word to tell the people. Uh, but next Monday, the Andy Campbell Football Show returns for Series 2 with an all-new guest. <laughs> the guest is booked. 
and we are a go. We're back to the normal time of 7.30, finish at 9, but then do 10 minutes extra as you ask so many questions, which is always fun. But uh, looking forward to getting back to normal. And uh, I'm also looking forward to having the next five or six days of no podcasting whatsoever because <laughs> uh, I've been a busy, busy boy. Um, the next time you will see me is on Sunday night, 8 o'clock live for the Danny Batten Fight Show. So please do join us. We'll have another guest from the fight world there. And uh, me and Andy will be back next Monday with our guest. Uh, Andy, we're going to announce the guest tonight or leave it a couple of days, let it marinate and uh, go from there. Um, oh no, why not? Why not? While we're here, um, confirmed today. So it's ex teammate of mine, um, ex Sheffield United, Birmingham City winger Paul Devlin, uh, ex Scottish international as well. So apologies, Dev. Um, Paul Devlin, excellent, great crack, good lad, brummy, got loads to say, loads of stories. Um, has scored a penalty in a, in a cup final as well. So you might have a, a, a few uh, a few stories to tell about what we've been talking about. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a great guest with uh, with a few uh, a few stories to tell. Excellent. Looking forward to that already, mate. Um, and of course, guys, you can check out all our previous shows at the YouTube channel. If you go, if you want to, if you're lazy and you don't want to scroll through all the different shows we do, go to playlist, go to Ace, I think it's called Footy Guests or AC Footy Show Guests. They're all there. And uh, of course, we have had uh, England coach Graham Jones on. We've had current footballers on. We've had Emil Heskey, all sorts of different uh, Footballers, Danny Gabadon, international footballers, all different footballers from different eras. Join us next Monday, 7.30. Uh, but Rodri, Andy, it's been a pleasure. Cheers, guys. And uh, cheers to everyone. Laters. Cheers, guys.
Podcast Network.